Welcome to the Judaism From Within podcast. My name is Simi Lerner, coming to you from Ramat Pichemesh in Israel. This is the podcast where we bring to light and develop the thinking of one of the most profound and relevant thinkers of the past 200 years, Rav Shamshin Rafal Hirsch. And now we are working our way through his work Chorev, where in a transformative and relevant way we discuss his perspective on the duties and the expectations of the Torah. I hope you enjoy. The Torah, the law of the Jewish people. The Torah is a collection of commandments. It's a narrative. It's a story. It is a calling and a duty. What we've been doing over the past 20 lectures is going through the first 20 mitzvahs that Rav Hirsch discusses in his work Chorev on a journey to cover the entirety of the Torah. But we have now reached a milestone, and muzzle top to you who have been with me for it. The milestone is that we've captured, we've completed the first category, the first category of commandments called Tyrus. And now we're moving on to the next, Eidos. But what I want to do at this point is to use this as an opportunity to talk about that transition, but also talk about the categories in general. Because a genuine question is, what do you mean categories? The Torah gives commandments and that's it. You do them if you believe in God and you don't do them if you don't believe in God. But it's more subtle than that. Because often for people, especially in the modern world, it's not such a cut and dry decision. The calling of the Torah itself plays a part into whether someone feels compelled by it. The first commandment we discussed was the calling to be makabal, which means to adopt, to accept, oil, a yoke, Malchus Shamayim, of heaven. That was the first commandment in Rav Hirsch's opening to this book, Chorev. It is a calling, an invite, for us to adopt this noble calling. And to appreciate what you are being asked to adopt influences the decision about whether you want to go on this journey. Rav Hirsch really can be brought down to three questions. When a person approaches the Torah, the question they ask themselves is, what is its calling? And people don't often ask this question is, what is the Torah asking of me? As a person, as a human being, as a Jew, what is the calling of the Torah? Once I've established the calling, the goal, the mission, the purpose, I ask myself, is this a noble calling? Is this a calling that I want to, because as I said, the first commandment is an invite to adopt the calling. Is this a calling that calls to me? Is it a noble calling? And then the next question is, how do the commandments of the Torah facilitate this noble goal. So once you've established that it's a calling, you've established that it is the highest calling, the most noble calling. The next stage is to find out how the mitzvahs in the, in the Torah facilitate this. The commandments in the Torah facilitate this noble goal. And by appreciating the categories of commandment, you can entrench each one of the commandments with its due meaning. And that's what we began to do. And we started with the category of Tyrus. What are Tyrus? Now, people often relate it to the word Yara, which means to teach. Rav Hirsch looked at it in a different way. When he says that Tyrus are a category of commandments, he relates it to the word Hurrah, Hey Resh Hey, which, for all intents and purposes, we get the same word to be pregnant, to implant a seed, because that is what a person does when he learns Tyra. And in the reference to this category, you plant a seed, but a seed's goal is to grow. 
The purpose of a seed is to grow and to flourish and to live out, to blossom forth. The metaphor was key for Rav Hirsch, because these ideas are not supposed to be remain in the realm of the cerebral. They're supposed to blossom out into life. Unlike another religious doctrine, where it would give you principles of faith that a Jew must believe, no, that isn't Jewish from Rav Hirsch's standpoint. Your beliefs must live themselves out in action. And that's what Tyrus were. They were historically revealed ideas to the Jewish people that are supposed to manifest in action. Love of God isn't a principle that you hold in your heart. It is a principle that begins in the mind, moves to the heart, but should live itself out in life. Fear of God, the notion of revelation itself, being makabal ol malchushamayim, love of your fellow, not to judge another. It's not something you hold in your mind or even hold in your heart. It has to find a way to live itself out into the world. But now we are transitioning to the next category. Now there are another five categories. So we have six categories in total. We have Torahs. We have Mishpatim, Chukim, Mitzvahs, Eidos, and Avoida. Each one of these plays a key part in understanding the role and the goal of a Jew. We're moving on to our second category. The transition from Torahs to Eidos. So when it came to Torahs, it was these principles that we're supposed to hold in our mind, transition to the heart, and then move forward. The Eidos are something different. These are symbolic actions. Truths, historical ideas, events that hold powerful moral and religious ideas that we as Jewish people are supposed to impart into our very being. Essential truths in the Torah, condensed if you will, condensed into symbolic action. Ideas, both historical and conceptual, that have been condensed into lived experiences. It's easy to write a book, think of beautiful ideas, even talk about them, but to live them out in a symbolic drama where you are repeatedly immersing yourself in these ideas, they fully change the person at his core and thereby result in a changed person. This is the job of these eidos, these symbolic signs that we live out in our Jewish life. To give an example, Shabbos. person can say, and that's going to be the first one that we're going to develop, but just to touch upon it, Shabbos, with all its details. For some, they may have interesting explanations of the importance and the beauty of Shabbos, but for Rav Hirsch, the moral transformation not only takes place on the surface level, but in the details as well. Shabbos is a proclamation that God created the world. On a basic level, you live that principle out once a week. You proclaim that the God that you recognize created the world in freedom because he created, which means he chose that things need to be a certain way, which means your God is a God of freedom. By celebrating Shabbos, by withholding from creative activity, you are demonstrating to yourself and to others that you're committed to the idea that your God is free, and thereby you too are free. That essential component of freedom that makes religious and moral meaning significant is this notion of freedom that a Jew lives out once a week. So keeping Shabbos isn't a mere obedience to a commandment that we have to keep Shabbos. It's that as well. 
but it becomes this rich experience of recognizing I am living out a truth. I am demonstrating a truth. When people say Kiddush is bearing testimony, Ajus, what do they mean? They mean by keeping Shabbos, I am bearing testimony to the principle of creation. That the God, who is at the core of existence, is free. This isn't a scientific proclamation. This is a religious proclamation. One that has impact on both my religious experience, my moral life, my family life, my community. And this lives itself out in the very Malochas of Shabbos. The very term Malocha relates back to this creative notion that we are proclaiming to on Shabbos. God withheld from creative activity on the seventh day, so we withhold from creative activity on the second day. And I live out with my family and my community this religious truth. This religious truth that has direct impact on how I look at the world and how I act in the world. But I do it repeatedly. I do it repeatedly because it imparts it into my very being. So just to recap this one idea, Shabbos. In symbolic drama, you live out the principle of Shabbos. You proclaim truth and freedom to the world. Not from a scientific standpoint that the universe came from nothing. That's not the point. The point is that the Torah invites us to look at the world that God is the one who created it from nothing, not molded it from some pre-existing stuff, but there was nothing and then there was something. Which means that God had the ability to choose. Unlike other cultures where their gods aren't free, the very core of existence for the Jew is freedom. So when I look at the world and I feel compelled, I remind myself that no, I'm free and I have the ability to transcend the here and now. And not assume yesterday forces today, that I am merely an endless chain of causes leading to today and I'm compelled. No, the Jew is called upon to look at himself as being completely free. We call it Bechir Chofshes, or moral freedom, because this key principle we live out on Shabbos. So, we transitioned from Tyrus, the teaching, the implanting of a seed, into ourselves. And like any seed, we want it to grow and sprout forth and blossom in the world. That was the goal of the Tyrites, but we transitioned to Edois, which we will now go on that venture, discuss those symbolic commandments that the Torah has given. But when we say symbolism, we don't mean it reminds you of, no. We're talking about truths condensed into action, distilled into action, that we live out repeatedly to impart into our very core these ideas so we truly live them out in the world. I hope you join me for this journey. Once again, thank you so much for listening. Have a wonderful week and a wonderful upcoming Shabbos.